Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the Lamb of God who made a way. Hallelujah. You made a way for us, Jesus. Glory to God. Forever and forever we will have relationship with you. Forever and ever in eternity we will be those that can praise you and worship you. And with all the heavenly saints that have gone before us, we sing glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Mighty is His name. Glorious is His name. To be honored is the name of Jesus. The Lamb of God. The awesome Son of God. Who gives us freedom. Hallelujah. Who brings us healing. He brings us salvation. He brings us deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this meeting today. As always, without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing to say, nothing to do. It is the Holy Spirit who brings Jesus and the Father and makes them real to us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. We give you full sway to have your say. And I declare that this vessel is submitted to the Holy Spirit. And that your ears and your hearts and your minds are ready to receive what the Holy Spirit will say to you today. We thank you, Lord, that even as your word goes forth, your healing power comes upon people's bodies and brings healing to them. Their minds, their emotions, all of the things that the enemy of God will try and bring upon your people. Thank you for your deliverance, even as your word is being spoken and declared. Hallelujah. We thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't, uh, isn't that song... Uh, he is my rock, isn't it an amazing song? Yes? yes? Hallelujah. You know, that song uh, was written for a family. So Pastor Sharon was, was having a time with God. And that, that song was written for a family who was going through uh, challenges. And in a personal time with God and in the presence of God that was written for a family. Hallelujah. If it's not a personal God, then I don't know what is. He wrote, he gave that song to be written and that song was played when this church was still turned around and we were having meetings in the opposite direction because of COVID, 
<laughs> Seems like a long time ago, right? And uh, we played them that song. We played them that song even that, that day. Uh, personally to themselves with no one else in the auditorium, the whole band played that song to them as a family. And we declared that we would not sing that song publicly until they were ready for us to be able to sing it publicly. I say to that family, that song was written before a time when pressure and challenges and during a time and pressure and challenges and the God of that song is a relational God. And the God of that song wrote it and sang it and personally created it for them. Now you get the privilege of sharing in that song. And I say to you, as personal as that song was created for that family going through challenges, I say take that song for yourself and run to the rock. Run to the rock. Do not run away from the rock. Run to the rock of salvation. You need to run to the rock. He's not running, he's not going to run after you if you don't want him to come. You've got to run to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then we can enter boldly. Without shame, without guilt, and without any other thing holding us back, we can run to the rock of our salvation. Hallelujah. The messages that I've been preaching is the resurrection power of Jesus. And it's the power, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead that dwelt in you. It is the same power that raised Jesus that God the Father used his power to raise him up from a position of separation because of a price of, that he paid for us for sins. So I don't want to get into the message and having this microphone keep cutting in and out. I need to know why this is happening just so that uh, um, I'm sure that the rest of my message is not going to at important points be cutting out on me. Amen. I'd rather deal with it in the beginning than wait for it to the end sometime. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the power of resurrection, that power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And he will raise you up with that same power of resurrection. He will raise you from your, wherever you have not found that place of intimacy with God, or freedom, or things that might be oppressing you, or holding you back, and you are not experiencing the life of God, the resurrection power of Christ Jesus, that same power that raised him from the dead, can transform you from the place of being as dead to being as alive. So wherever your circumstances might seem to be as dead, 
you can be as alive. This is good news, church. This is good news. I want to just, uh, I hadn't intended to share it, but when I was in the front row this, as we were worshiping, the Lord just directed me to this. And I want to just share this with you that Jesus was baptized in water by John the Baptist. And when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And God spoke to him from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he goes and he is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And the scripture says then, Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. <clears throat> Sometimes by the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will take you and he will lead you to places and uh, you just have to follow the leading where you end up may not be where you think you should be, but where you end up is where God wants you to be. Otherwise, He wouldn't lead you. I'm not going to speak to you about a wilderness experience because God, the Holy Spirit was leading Jesus and He was leading Jesus. It just happened to be that He was in a wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. He wasn't, he wasn't in the wilderness for 40 days uh, without temptation. The Bible says being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing and afterwards when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, I ask you, is this a personal confrontation? This is very personal. Doesn't matter what happened in the previous 40 days. This is a face-to-face -face confrontation. And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, what was the last word God spoke to him? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. What is the next word that the devil says to him? If you are the son of God. Let me tell you, the temptation that the devil brings is not subtle. Everything that God wants you to have in your life, he's going to question it directly. And he's going to question it in your mind. He's going to question it in your soul. He's going to question it through people around you. He's going to question it through circumstances. He has no creative ability other than to bring temptation and manipulation to you and try and deceive you to making a choice that is outside of the will of God. And he will use the very words that God spoke to you directly for your future and your purpose. He will use those very words to de derail you if he can. Because that's what he did with Adam and Eve. He comes immediately with the same thing that got the first Adam. He comes with, to the second Adam. If you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him face to face, personal confrontation. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You cannot live by bread alone. You have to live by every word of God. 
If you are living your life for bread, then you need to change your idea about how you live your life because your life is not about bread. Your life is about the Word of God. And so, then the, now he, could, so he couldn't get him. He didn't change the rock or the stone into bread. So he goes, moves on to the next temptation. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory of what? All the kingdoms of the world. Hold on a minute. What was what what did the devil tempt Jesus with first? If you are the son of God. He was he was not um he was not uh, trying to distort the truth. He was just questioning the truth. He actually recognized the truth and then posed a question based on the truth. Do you, do you see that? Without the truth coming from God that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. If that word wasn't spoken, he couldn't have come if you are the son of God with a direct temptation based on truth. Yes? So the next temptation, he says, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. That means in a spirit, in a space and time of the spirit, Jesus and the enemy of God in the spirit realm could see all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I will give it, I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. How, who delivered the kingdoms of the world to the devil? Adam. That's who delivered all the kingdoms of the world. So did he have the right to say, the kingdoms of the world are under my authority? They were within the scope of his authority. And he said, I will give them to you and all the glory of it. If you will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him with a word, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You know, he came to him with his purpose. What was the son of man coming to do? He was coming to defeat the devil so that he no longer had all authority over the kingdoms of the world. The very purpose Jesus came for, the enemy is now going after his purpose. If you are the son of God and the reason you came, if you will worship me, This is a very, very personal confrontation. This is between Jesus and the devil. This is a personal confrontation.
I know that there are men and women around the world, spiritual men and women around the world that have been declaring this, that COVID isn't just an attack on humanity to try for for one nation to try and get dominance over other nations. This is an attack of the enemy against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and all peoples of the earth because he wants them to bow to his authority. So this, this whole thing of, is, has tried to slow the church down, has tried to separate people from each other, has tried to isolate people, marriages, children from parents, people around the world, friends, business colleagues, people that had jobs before no longer have jobs, people that had, could guarantee, could rely on income, they can't, they can't rely on that income on anymore. Let me tell you, the enemy of God is coming after personal, your life personally. This is not a time to lie down and play dead. Neither is it a time to actually be separated from the very life connection that God has given you. It's the church, it's Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit. John 14 verse 6 in the Passion Translation says, Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes through the Father except union with me. What what happened in Matthew? The enemy of God was, was saying, Bow down and worship me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth. What does Jesus say? He says, come to me. Let's have a relationship. If you and I have a relationship, you have one with the Father, you have one with the Holy Spirit. And if you have a relationship, there is nothing that you can't ask. I'm going to remind you from what I said last week. To know me is to know my Father too. I said last week in Ephesians chapter 4, And I'm not going to go through the whole scripture, but chapter 4, verse 17 says that you should no longer walk as everyone else in the world walks. Why? Why should you no longer walk like everyone else in the world walks? Because everyone else in the world, everyone else in the world, the enemy of God keeps giving them a vision that is unattainable. I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth and I'll give you the glory if you'll bow down and give me your energy. Okay, let's back up a second. What's the most valuable currency? Because I'm going to talk about investment later in the service. But let me ask you, what is the most valuable currency you have as a human being? Some people might be tempted to say time. It's not time. Come on, I've told you this a hundred times. It's energy. Your most valuable currency is not money. Your most valuable currency that you have is not your talent. Your most valuable currency you have is not your intelligence. Your most valuable currency you have is energy. Without energy, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how much intelligence you have. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. It doesn't matter how many connections you have. 
Without energy, you can do nothing. Right? So let's just be clear about what happened when the enemy came into the world with a, with a, a virus. What was the virus designed to do? Sap your energy. If he sapped all of the energy of all of the people in the earth, he saps the energy out of the economy. He gives energy to governments that can control. Hey? So, you'll see just now when I come back and I, and I use this example for you when we talk about currency. Well, let's start with it right now. Let's assume that this, uh, these little washers here, they can equal anything that you want them to equal, but let's say for a moment that it's your most valuable currency and it's your energy. This jar here, can I have those wheels up on the, on the board please? This jar on the left-hand side is self-oneness. And so every time you take a currency and you say, I'm going to serve myself, I'm going to put it in the left-hand jar. Every time you say, I'm going to worship God and I'm going to, give, I'm going to give time to my assignment and I'm going to do it through the ecclesia of the church, you take your energy currency and you put it in this jar. So I've put these two jars directly apart from each other so that you can see what happens. All right? So... You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. Why is their understanding darkened? Why can't they see? Because they're chasing after the kingdoms of this world and the glory that comes with achievement. Yes? So where do they put their currency when you chase after the stuff that the world's got? So I'm going to chase, tomorrow I'm going to chase money. Right? Going to go to work. Going to chase money. You agree? I'm going to think very much about how I can improve my performance so I can get promotion. Uh, I'm going to think about how I can next spend the next bonus check I'm going to get or the next amount of money that's going to come into my, my life. Uh, 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 maybe I'll buy myself a new something because it'll give me some, some fun and some pleasure. Okay. Futility of your mind. Darkness. No understanding. I've got to chase these things. Alienated from the life of God. Okay, this morning I'm going to wake up. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to just uh, get up and plan my day without really thinking about what God has assigned for my day. I'm going to plan it the way I plan it.
Huh. Okay, you'll see later. Because if you've got currency, you've got one of two ways of using currency. Either you're going to invest it or you're going to spend it. So because of their ignorance that is in them, their ignorance, that means they just go about life like everybody else goes about life. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to switch on the radio and I'm going to listen to um, We Are The Champions. Oh, this guy in front of me, he just pulled in front of me and he just almost pushed me off the road, this taxi. And I jump on my hooter or my rat and I show him the fist. Let's just keep it at that. (laughs) You will agree that that took energy. More energy than you should be giving, right? I get into the office and I'm walking around the office and I'm walking in the ignorance that is in the rest of the world, blindness in my heart and I'm past feeling. And uh, so when I get there, I go to the coffee station and at the coffee station, there's two people talking and they're talking about someone in the, uh, in the office and, and they're talking about the boss and how bad the boss is and they don't have a very good relationship with the boss and they... You know, he's just a muhu. Right? That's a good, good South African word for being a jerk, right? It's their opinion. You also don't like the boss, so your opinion, energy. The next minute you get back and you've got a few minutes before work starts. So you go into your bank account and you check on your bank account because there's no, you, you're tight, you're tight. So you're going to check on your bank account and you say, Yo, I don't know what I'm going to do this month. And so that whole thing of looking at your way, speaking the words, worrying in your mind. Maybe you phone your wife and say, don't spend any more money because we've got no money till the end of the month. Maybe you say, well, I'm not sure that I can afford to a tithe to the church this month, so wifey, we're not going to do that either. Anyway, you know what? I heard the pastor preach on Sunday, and he said we mustn't worry too much, and we should really just ask the Lord. So Lord, please will you help me with my money? I'm going to give it this one. It's a good conversation. I mean, it's not necessarily doctrinally correct, but it's a good, it's a good conversation. Okay? But is it done out of fear or is it done out of faith? And so then you remember what the pastor said on Sunday. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man which was created according to God. You know what, hey? I've got to switch off this bank account and I'm going to tell it it doesn't own me. 
And I'm going to speak to it now and say, be full of money in Jesus' name. I'm somehow going to give you two for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you that this that I'm doing here and the way that you live your life, you can't get free of this investment, currency investment uh, activity on your own. So then you say, oh, I remember the pastor said I'm part of the ecclesia. So I don't quite know how to rule over this money lack that I have in my bank account. I don't know how to rule over it. So why don't I just phone my brother that's and just in the Lord, one of the friends in the church, and just say to him, listen, hey, I'm under financial attack. Pray with me. And so when you phone him, you begin the conversation, hey, hey, but listen, I'm struggling this month, eh? Eh, wrong words. Because eh, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't have a breakthrough. But hey, listen, if you pray with me and get into agreement with me, I believe that the Lord's going to come through with me. Well, I don't know if you're in fear or faith, but I'll agree with you anyway. I'll put it into this one. Put the phone down. Say, okay, I'm going to start my day. I'm going to start my day now. Tom, I've got to, the boss is going to walk in here in a minute. Yes, that boss. Eh? If, he even, if he even knew what I was struggling with, he would give me an increase immediately. What have you just done? Put your trust in? Man. Hmm. So, I say to you, John chapter 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine, I'm the true sprouting, this is the Passion Translation, I am a true sprouting vine. In other words, I'm bearing fruit. This is Jesus. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. Every, I'm just going to jump into verse, different parts of scripture. Verse two, every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. What does he want from you? Yield a greater harvest. Of what? Union with him. So verse four says, you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. So it doesn't matter what COVID did to your bank, to your savings. It doesn't matter what COVID might've done to your job. It doesn't matter what other circumstances in life, other people, other relationships, other, other stuff that's happened to you. It doesn't matter what's happened there. Remain in life union with him. Life union. So that means we are uni, we are one. You remain in oneness with him as opposed to self-oneness. Because we are so complete in our self-oneness in the way we live life between body, soul and spirit, the concept of being in union with Jesus who you can't see, touch or feel, who doesn't, you don't know that he's actually even hearing you. The, the oneness is an act of faith in itself 
And so if you do that and you act in faith, you are already improving your ability to bear fruit rather than in fear. Verse, uh, verse 5, the end of verse 5 says, But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Can everybody just say that word with me? Say powerless. powerless. Say it again. Powerless. powerless. If you have no union with God, you are powerless. You have no power to change anything in yourself or around you. You are powerless. Oh, Pastor John, I don't think I'm powerless. I have a strong, I have a strong will and I am able and capable of, of achieving a lot. So I don't think I'm powerless. You've just, you've just proved how powerless you are because you've just proved how self-oneness you are with yourself that you think you've got power. Mm. You've just proved what the devil wants you to think about yourself. I can, I can conquer the kingdoms of the earth and I can have the glory for myself. I've heard Brother Jerry say it many times. I've heard Brother Jesse say it many times. I've heard many people say it. There is no such thing as a self-made man. And if you think you are a self-made man, it just shows that you are futile in your mind. You're ignorant and you're blind. Because there is no thing. Because how did you become self? You wouldn't be self if you weren't born by God who gave you life. So anything you do after you were born, you can't say you're a self-made man. You may think so because of your choice of where you want to spend your currency. But actually, you're not a self-made man because you don't have the right to be self unless God gave it to you. Number one. And number two, if you've used the talents and the gifts and all of the strong will that you've developed, purposeful, direct energy currency that you know how to spend it, well, if you're spending it on doing things for yourself, you've just proved once again. That's why the Bible says you can't speak against the truth, but only for the truth. Because everything you actually do is proving that God is true. So, but if you live, verse 7, but if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. The, the key thing is here, you can ask God anything if you're in union with him. Why? Because if you're in union with him, what he is comes through to you spiritually, spirit to spirit. And then what comes from your spirit into your soul is from his, your union. It's not from what you think you want. And so then when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. The whole point of asking him whatever you want is because you ask him what he wants you to ask. And you ask him what he wants you to ask. And when he asks the answers and he gives it to you, then the Father is glorified because it becomes evident you're asking according to his will. It becomes evident that you are a disciple living according to his will. And so because you ask because you're a disciple, he grants it. And the Father is glorified. 
so then now this next Tuesday, you need to be online prayer with us. There's no prayer here in the auditorium, but we're going to do a live online prayer. Why? Because we've got a very special, very special prayer meeting we're going to have. And we are going away with uh, the new, with all the, all the people, the my exchanges. We are going away for the next four or five days. And we are going to go and spend time in the Word and have some fun and, and seek, begin to seek the face of God together. And so Tuesday evening, we will be bringing you live prayer meeting with all of us in a very beautiful setting called Clarence. And so if, you're, if, you're, if you just behave yourself this morning and say, Amen, Pastor John, we might just show you the Clarence Mountains <laughs> right before we go into prayer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, I'm going to come to prayer. Hallelujah. I'll soon give you another one for that. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Verse 12 says, So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. Why would God, why would Jesus give his disciples an instruction? Love each other deeply as much as I love you. Because if you love each other deeply, it's the love of God that begins to flow from you to each other. And that deep love has the ability to reflect and release the power of resurrection. And so the love of God that is released to you through me, from you to each other, it begins to reveal the glory of God and the fruit that you are bearing by saying, I'm following God, I'm in union with Him and I'm serving Him and my words are in alignment with Him and I'm in union with Him and when I see it in you, it encourages me to be like you because I see Christ in you and I see, hey, I see you walking in faith in a level in finances where I, I, I don't have that victory over my finances well, hang around my words. Hang around the way that God has done this for a bit and then it'll come to you. Amen. It's just a fact. It's, this is just absolutely a fact that who you hang around with is what you're going to be. So if you hang around people that are speaking the Bible all the time, that are, are wanting to follow Jesus all the time, that are wanting to have the will of God all the time, you're going to be in a good place. I'll somewhat give you a, one of those. Just because you want to. That's a free token there. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor John, you know, what you're talking about is quite a high standard of living. Because if you live in union with Jesus, it means you have, to, you have to get up in the day. And the first thing you've got to think about is Jesus, not actually the rest of the plans that you have for the day. Yes. You've got to first think about Jesus. 
And and Pastor John, what you're talking about is I've got to be thinking about Jesus all day long. Yes. And not only that, but I must be so in connected with him that every, all the words that I'm speaking, I've got to watch what I say. Well, you know, I don't... Uh, did you see that? Did you see the way that that person s- spoke to me? Yeah. The way that person spoke to me. I mean, I felt really bad. And uh, I don't know that I can ever s- greet that person again because of the way they spoke to me. Agreed? In fact, this is so bad, I phoned a friend. I want to tell you about Sonsa in the church and how they spoke to me. And that friend gets into agreement with you and you get into agreement with that friend about the stuff that's going on in between people. And then when you get off the phone, you're so angry all over again, you phone another friend. Let me tell you what I'm telling you really happens in the church. This is not something that I'm telling you that doesn't happen in the church. This is a, this is a very serious thing. And then when you get home, you know, you have got words to say about your boss. You've got words to say about the fact that they don't pay you enough. They, you've got words to say about your budget. You've got words to say. So I'm just so much, at so many words about so many things. I don't know if I have enough in my hands here. And now you're mad with your wife. You're mad with your kids. You don't want, you just, leave me alone, I want to watch TV. Or worse, you go and find solace in some other substance. I don't think I'll talk to God. Nah, because who can trust God anyway? I'd rather trust my oneness of myself because I can think for myself. I know what the outcome is if I act on what I'm thinking and, and I'm passionate about it and I know that I've gone strong enough to get this done. And so I'd rather trust myself. That's a whole lot of oneness right there. So you go to bed that night and you're all mad with the world. Yes? So just be, I'll just give you one for madness. <laughs> but you wake up in the morning and in the morning you go to the Lord and you say, oh Lord, I'm so sorry I, I said what I said yesterday. I'm so sorry I behaved the way that I behaved. And, uh, and, and really, I really want to do the best that I can for you. And I'm really sorry. I'll sort of give you a whole bunch for that. Okay. But then I, as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm about to phone a customer that I'm really expecting to come through for me and give me a big deal and, and, or, or, and or something happens and, and the money that I thought I was going to get, I'm not going to get anymore. And what streams out of my mouth? What am I going to do now? How am I going to replace this income? What about this? Yes? <clears throat> Do 
3 John chapter 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray, I pray for you. I pray that you may prosper in all things. Can you all say this with me, please? Say, prosper in all things. What is all things? Is there anything excluded from all? Just so we're clear, it's all. In all things and being health, just as your soul prospers. Why, why am I doing this visual illustration to you today? Because I'm giving you an illustration that day by day, what happens is that on a regular basis, and I'm going to just do this for the sake of this illustration, you, you pray, you might read the Bible, and then you live your life. Because over here, having church and being part of what the church says you should do, that's just a part of your life. It's not your life. So every day that you get up, you, have a, you give God something because you know you must. I'll pray every day. I will read a scripture every day. And so I will, I will keep making sure that at least, at least I'll give something to God every day. So I'm going to just show you how it is that every day you might give God something. You might actually even um, want to maybe watch your words a little bit and you try to watch not to be too negative. So every day you wake up and you give a couple of items to God. But the pattern of your soul is I'm focused on oneness. I'm focused on my dreams. I'm focused on my desires. I'm focused on my goals. I'm focused on my career. I'm fo I'm, I've got to manage my finances. I've got to make sure that I've got enough money coming in. I've got to relationships. I've got to plan my next holiday. Whatever I've got to do, I've got to plan my next holiday. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter about tithe. doesn't matter about anything else. doesn't matter about the church. I've got to plan my next holiday. That's the most important thing for me. But I'll give God some every day. I'll give God some every day. But I want to tell you what's happening is that for the rest of the time, if you do not understand that God is the center of your life and that God has an assignment for your life, He has called you for a purpose and that the way that you accomplish it is through the church, the pattern that you live means that every day your thinking and your energy and your life source and your dreams and your goals and all of the things that you manage, you manage for yourself. And it keeps going into this jar. So remember I gave a few days. It's a very slippery thing. So I'm just going to add a few here every day because the amount of energy, your currency that you are using, that you are investing, where is it that you are investing your currency? It's in your thought life. It's in the futility of your mind. It's in the world system that is dark and that wants you to live like them and achieve like them and behave like them and look like them and speak like them and do everything that they want you to do. 
And so every day you go into the world system and you are not purpose-driven, assignment-driven, ecclesia-driven, God-centered. You keep putting currency into this self-oneness. And so then your soul, your soul, this investment is happening into your natural world and into your soul. Where does this investment happen? This happens in your spirit. But the Bible says you must guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Everything about your life is got to come out of your heart. And so whatever you let through your soul is going to be what drives your life. God wants you to feed your spirit this is the currency he wants you to feed. He wants your currency to go into this bank account. I've just I've been standing here just for a short while and I've been doing this, but I wanted you to see that this happens all the day. Every day. 90% of what people are doing, more than 90%, just about all the time. They just keep feeding currency into this this oneness here. Dreams, goals, desires. Where am I going to spend my money? Where am I, how am I going to improve my career? Where is my next holiday rest? Where, I've got to look after my health. I've got to do all this kind of stuff. I've got to have relationships. Relationships. What kind of relationships are you having? So now I'm going to talk about relationships because this is, this is the real thing. The world has gone crazy about how your relationships with the rest of the world is based on a thumbs up. Or a thumbs down. I like you. How many, how many views have you had? How many likes have you had? How many people are connecting to your Instagram, to your Facebook, to whatever? If you're not of that generation and that doesn't matter to you, then you have a cultural system that your relationships are tied to the people that are in your cultural environmental system. So... You, the, the tendency that we have in this, in this world is to want to please the people that we want to have their, res, their response back to us. It's called the law of reciprocation. If I give you something nice, then I expect something nice back from you. Right? So we live in a world system where relationships have become about a digital footprint much more than a face-to-face. -face. Not only that, relationships have become, what's the foundation of the relationships in the world? It's about, so okay, let's break it down to, to where we started. Your energy is your currency. So if you're going to have relationships with someone, what are you wanting out of that transaction? Come on now, you've got currency, it's energy. And your energy will manage your thoughts, your talents, your gifts, your ideas, your inspiration, whatever it is, your education, your energy must manage. So you've got currency, energy. It, it will be brought to you in, and it will come out of you in one of those spectrums. If, 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 I've, if I've got the time next during the course of this week, because we're going to have a busy week, but 
I'll have another slide ready for you, for you next week to, to show you a bit more about gifts, callings, talents, and the ecclesia and the way this whole thing fits together. But in the meantime, I just want to show you that if you've got currency that you're going to invest, if I'm going to invest in a conversation with you, what am I wanting back from it? I'm wanting something that your energy can deliver to me. And if, I, if, I, if we just... If we're just touching energies at the moment, it's in the hope that there will be some better investment return that I can get out of our energy transaction. Somewhere down the line. Somewhere down the line, I can call on you to do something for me or you can call on me and then we are engaged in a relationship of mutual benefit. The law of reciprocation, which can mutually benefit us. Come on now. Is this how the world system works? It's called the kingdoms of the world and the glory thereof. So how does God work? God says, stay connected to me. Because if you're in union with me, what's going to happen? You're going to ask for things that I lead you to ask for. You're going to speak things that I lead you to speak then you're going to have abundance in life that you didn't think you could ever have. You are now in union with Him. I ask you, if you're in union with Him, what is His main desire for you to accomplish? Let's just use Jesus as an example. What, did he, what was it that He wanted Jesus to accomplish on the earth? Jesus told us the story. He says, I haven't come to condemn the world, but I've come to save the world. I've come to give the world life and life more abundantly. I've come to destroy all the works of the devil. And ultimately, he came to pay the price to die so that he could save everybody for the rest of eternity. So I ask you, where did Jesus' dream come into the picture that maybe I should get married? Where did Jesus' dream come in? Did he set a goal for himself that maybe by the time I'm 30, I should have five houses? Because after all, I'm divine. So by the time I'm 35, I should have multiplied my five houses into 10. And by the way, listen, I can multiply bread. I can tell Peter to go fishing. I can build an empire for myself. Can you tell me where those dreams came into the account? Where his goals were oriented? Where was his desire for natural earthly things? Did he, did he, did he really desire the honor of men, the respect of men? You think it was important for Jesus that he got liked? In fact, I can tell you that one time Jesus preached the message and he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And everybody left him except his 12. And then he turned to his 12 and he says, are you going to leave me also? And they say, if we could, we would, but we know you have the words of life, so we'll hang around you. Jesus didn't come to the earth to get liked. He came to fulfill the will of the Father. What makes you think that Jesus will birth you into the earth? so that you can just go about buying houses and, and doing stuff that's important to you. 
I'll pursue anything I want to, any dream, any desire, any goals. I'll set them all for myself and I'll have whatever I want to have because I can because I'm smarter than anybody else. I've got more passion and I've got more drive and I've got, I've got, a, I've got a talent. I've got a gift to make things happen for myself. So I'll go for it. And I'll give some time to the church. Don't worry, church. You'll be all right. I'll give some time to you. God, I recognize you, God, and I've got eternity to worry about. So I'll go to church and I'll praise you and I'll ask for repentance every week. But don't touch my dreams. Don't touch my goals. Don't touch my desires. Because I got it all figured out from finances to career to my holidays to my relationships and the church too. I got that figured out. Pastor John, you're being a bit, you're being a bit tough. I'll tell you what I'm telling you is I'm telling you where your soul is at. And maybe not this church, everybody else watching out there. Why am I speaking like this? Because if, if nobody tells you the truth about your soul, then this scripture cannot come to pass. I pray, beloved, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The prosperity of your soul is not how good you feel. The prosperity of the soul is your union with Him. So the Greek word, and you know, uh, uh, the, the church went through a whole lot of things about Greek definitions for a long time. Doesn't mean to say they're good from, now, from time to time. You know, it's good to find out. But the, the Greek word says, um, uh, succeed in reaching or to have a prosperous journey. So if you put, it comes from two different words that they put together to get to this word, which I'm, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's E-U-O-D-O-O -O, with all the fancy Greek things, little chuchis all over the O's and the E's and the whatever, the I's and, you know. So how do you pronounce it? No idea. I'm going to do it the English way. I think it says Iodu. It sounds like Yoda, but no, no. Iodu, to prosper. And actually, it, it can't, the two words put together is to, is to have a, to, to be helped to be successful and to have a journey. So actually, to, if you put the words together, it says to lead by a direct and easy way to grant a successful issue. So if you put the two words together and this is the way that I'm reading it to you is to be well and to be well off in your journey as you go about your life business. That is, that is almost a direct interpretation, a bit expanded of the word to prosper. To be well and to be well off in your journey as you go about your life business. 
So can I read that scripture to you again? Beloved, I pray that you be well and that you be well off as you journey and as you go about your life business in all things and that you be in health. Be well just as your soul is well. To be well is to be connected in union with Him. It's not because I wake up in the morning and I'm happy and I can whistle in the shower. The Amplified Bible is pretty good at it and I'm going to just say because, because uh, um, the New King James says, prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. The Amplified Bible says that you that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. It's that whole context of keeps well as you journey through life. In all the business of love. So how many of you want to have life the God's way? Come on, do you want life God's way? Then you gotta have you gotta have this union with him and you gotta say, I'm putting God at the center of my world, and I understand that the body of Christ, we are all together in this deal. And every single one of us has an assignment and my job is to be in my assignment because my assignment triggers yours. Come on. This even happens in the world. It's just, it's just fake. It's just a counterfeit because the world, this is how they say, I've got a gift, I've got a talent, I've got a calling, let's exchange currency, energy. Come on, let's use our energy currency so that we can exchange things so that my gift, my assignment, my well-being can trigger yours. And if we can trigger each other, then we can have something going. Come on, isn't that how the world works? It's the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of it. So how does God work? Let me work in you and then the gifts that I've given you will trigger the gifts in other people. And if they have union with me, their gifts trigger your gifts. And as our gifts trigger each other, we begin to look like the body of Christ. We begin to behave like Jesus. We begin to talk like Jesus. We begin to rule and have dominion and authority like Jesus. Then we have the ability that says, whatever you bind on earth is already what is bound in heaven. And therefore what you bind on earth is already bound so that you're, when you are binding something, you're doing it because it's already bound in heaven and God backs you. Because you're all on assignment together. Now we're not just living an ordinary, basic Christian life that says, I'll pray when I feel like it. So then, Matthew chapter 6, I've got two more scriptures and I'm done. But you're enjoying this this morning. Okay, so you're giving me permission to preach another hour, right? <laughs> No, I'm nearly done. Nearly is one of those words that you can't actually, you know, define. You can't actually hold me to anything because it's nearly. 
my definition of nearly and yours might be different. That's how the devil works. I'll nearly give you the glory. Just chase, just chase the kingdoms of the earth. Just chase it. And you nearly get it. And you nearly get it. And you nearly get it. And it just doesn't quite happen. Come on, that was a freebie. Matthew 6 verse 31 says, So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Come on. Who are the people, the unbelievers? Those people that are, have a futile mind. So next time you go into a business meeting, just remember the person that's sitting opposite the table that you want their business They've got futile minds. They're blind to the things of God. They walk in darkness and they walk in their own desires and their own ways. You must remember this. Because when you sit there and you're walking in the assignment of God and the devil and that's this business that you want is, is coming your way and you're working and you're operating with God and the ecclesia and assignment let me tell you, there is nothing you can't ask and the Father won't give it to you. And so you understand that their futile minds may not understand it, but they'll want to give you stuff that they don't even know that they should be giving it to you. And I've had this many times in business. Because even when I was in business, my whole life was about the church. My whole life was about Jesus Christ as the center of my world. I watched my words, I spoke words of faith and as I kept learning how to use my words and how to put my faith out there, I got better at it. And by the way, this is not a journey that you fix, that you get this right once and for all. This is a lifelong journey. Amen. Amen. But I know, I, I mean, many, many times this happened. I would, I, would go into a, I would go into a deal and I knew that actually the guys that were they had, they had a bigger name than, than the company that I represented, they had more machines in the field, they had better service opportunities, they could say. They had, they had a whole lot more things going for you. And if you're a smaller company in a bigger world, it, there's a lot of stuff that's against you. But they... They have futile minds. And God works on them. And if I stay in faith, it doesn't matter how big the, the Goliath corporation is that's coming against me. All I need is God's wisdom. I just need a sling and a stone. I ask you, why did David take five stones? Because David was a prophet. And he took five stones because God was prophesying that the stone that you need at the time is the stone that God will use to destroy the giant in your life. It's the fivefold ministry. He only needed one stone. He never took five, four more stones for backup. He put five stones in his pouch because he was being prophetic. He took the one stone out, he slung his sling and God directed that thing at bullet-like pace and it hit that Goliath. Yeah, didn't kill him, mind you just knocked him out he still had to go and take that sword out and cut his head off and I want to say to you you might have the fivefold ministry the church that you're involved in now the thing is th things might be happening in your life that knockout blows are beginning to happen
And there are giants that are falling in your life. Don't leave them lying there. Go kill them once and for all. Cut it out of your life. Destroy it. Can never get up again. Be sure there are brothers, and you can read it. Goliath had brothers, and they tried to kill David later. And then the mighty men of Valley had to come and rescue him. And they said to him, listen, you've killed enough Goliaths and enough giants already. Leave it up to us. We'll do the job. In other words, the anointing that's been on you all this time, it's on us now. We got it covered. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, all the giants that have been killed by Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, their brothers are still in the earth today and they're coming after us, but the anointing that they used to kill those giants, the anointing is upon us. This is why we want to live in this legacy. We don't want to live in anybody else's legacy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So don't worry about what you're going to eat today. For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Verse 33. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from Him. Then all these less important things will given, be given to you abundantly. So, I'm going to ask you, it's a loaded question. Yeah. But I'm going to leave you with this loaded question today. I'm not even going to read the, my last scripture. I'm going to leave you with this loaded question. Question is, do you want cars, houses? Do you want freedom from financial insecurity? Come on, come on. I'm allowing you to put up your arm because we all want that. Yes. Eh? What's the best way of getting that? Come on, what's the best way of getting that? It's not this. This year is the way the world says that's how you got to get it. This, you don't even have to think about it. It just comes. It just keeps coming. As my soul prospers with well-being because I'm in union with him. So this money, it just arrives. And this house just comes. I'm not saying that you don't have to make sure that you have the stuff in order that the world system requires you to have because that is still necessary. But I'm, what I'm saying is God brings things to you that only God can bring it in the way that he can bring it. And until you start having that experience, then you just believe that. And you keep filling this jar with your currency all the time. This is your currency. You keep filling it. And then this stays much smaller. And so then when the time comes and you really need God, where's the heavy weight of your currency invested? And so then you want, uh, you want this amount of currency, but you want it in this job. God says, you can't have that. Because you don't know the ways of God. You don't hear from me. You're not used to listening to me. You're not used to giving currency energy to me. You don't know my ways. You're not vitally connected in union with me. So I need fruit here, Lord. I need fruit. Sorry. It's been cut off. When did that happen? 
When you were disobeying me, I had to prune you. Oh, but Lord, I'm in a critical time of my life. I need you to intervene. Hello. And so then it doesn't happen the way that you want it to happen and you need it to happen because all the way that you've just wanted God, ah, I'm already part of the church, you must answer me. Oh no, you've been giving all your currency to your self-oneness, your own dreams, your own goals, your own desires. I'll have what I'll have, thank you. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit reminded me this morning when I was praying just before I came in here, He reminded me to say this to you. Have I spoken this message? Do you think that I have preached this message because me, Pastor Sharon, and I, or this ministry needs your money? Do you think I'm trying to get money from you? What do you think I'm, why do you think God is bringing this message to you? So that he can get money to you. You need to be obedient to God with tithes and offerings. That you need to do. Why? Because the only way that you can be free to give tithes and offerings is when you have God the center of your life and you understand that as I'm part of the ecclesia, then God will use my money for His glory. And as He uses my money for His glory, it comes back to me in abundance. He promotes me. He increases me. He removes politics out of my way so that I can get promotions that I wouldn't normally get. He brings business deals to me that are all set up for someone to line their back pocket and before they know it and they wipe their eyes, God's made it way so that you get the business. And so, oh, but what about corruptions and under the table money? Stick with God. He can bring favor to you that no corrupt money can ever bring to you. What about relationships? Well, listen, if you're, if you, especially to the young people here, if you're chasing after relationships, it's all about this. But if you're chasing after God and you're making Him the center of your world and the center of your life, then He will bring into your life and He will bring the relationships into order. But Pastor John, I, I'm, I'm lonely and I need friends. Well, why don't you become a friend to someone? Well, isn't that because Jesus will actually lead you to become a friend to someone? Well, Pastor John, I'm really not good with people, so I don't know how to become a friend to someone. Well, why don't you pray for a few people? Every day, just pray for a few people. Lord, I'm going to pray for the my exchanges this year that you will bless them, you will increase them, you will have them encounter you in ways that no. Just pray for somebody, pray for me, pray for Pastor Sharon, pray for your business colleague, your business friends, pray for them and say, Lord, I'm sowing the seed so that friends can come into my way because I'm putting you first in my life. Relationships that are in order are always productive and fruitful. Relationships that are out of the order of God are always going to be self-centered relationships. 
Self-centered relationships will be about what can my currency exchange with yours so that we can mutually help each other's dreams, goals, and desires come to pass. But God-centered relationships that are on assignment or in Ecclesia, God says, don't even worry about your relationships. Every one you have will be fruitful and productive. And if it's in your heart that you want to have a life partner and you want to have some fruitfulness in that area, just put me first. But Pastor John, I've been, you know, listen, I'm... If you're, if you're a girl, excuse me, but my body clock, you know, I'm getting older, uh, you know, collagen and estrogen and all of these things are against me. And there's younger girls that can appeal to guys and I'm, lo- I'm, I'm, I'm missing out here. So uh, I better go chase after guys. You're doing what? You're doing Why? Well, why don't you just give, put God the center of your world? Yeah, but I'm not necessarily going to be satisfied by Him. Oh, really? Well, maybe that's the problem. Because if He can't satisfy your desires and your dreams, and He can't satisfy you inwardly, then no other person can. And if you're a Christian and you want to know why marriages fall apart... It's because they don't put God first place. That's the center of their world. And so there's nothing satisfying about the relationship. Even if you stay married, you don't have a satisfying relationship because God's not the center of it. And if you're a Young man that's got more testosterone than you know what to do with. And you say, you, I'm in the prime of my life here. This is the time to attract a good looking girl. Well, I want to say to you, why don't you use your testosterone to follow God? Let him manage it. Through the ecclesia. Quiet in this church. It must be because you're thinking. It must be because you're taking it all in, right? My walk with God is real. It's as real as touching this iPad. My walk with God is more, actually it's more real than this. Because when I wake up in the morning and I say, good morning, my heavenly father. He's so real in my spirit that I know that his, his presence in my heart is more real than anything. And I know that when I say, good morning, my heavenly father. And I'm here today to just praise you and thank you for your goodness. And sometimes I'll watch the sunrise and sometimes I'll be in a different place. And I'll just be worshiping him and thanking him and praising him for the fact that he's called me, that I have life, that I have breath, that I have another day that I can wake up and my gifts and my callings can serve him and serve you. And as I worship him and I give him, he's more real to me than you sitting in your chairs. And I couldn't do this job if he wasn't that real to me. Because let me tell you, when you do this job, you have all kinds of attacks against you from people and the enemy through people. 
And just the enemy by himself, all by himself with your, against your mind and against your emotions and against, oh, well, are you really called? Are you really the son of God? Oh, did you really get, get it right with that family? Did you really get it right with that person? Did you really hear God about this? You think the devil doesn't try to undermine me all the time? I couldn't do this job if it wasn't my father. You are my father. I worship you. I do this for you. I love the, I do, I love the job that I do because you've placed me here. When you wake up in the morning and you go to work and you got things to do, you wake up in the morning and you say, my father, I'm going to work today because my work is my worship. And as I'm working to earn money, I'm giving you all of my currency that you will do things through my work that when my work income comes in, I'm going to worship you with whatever you tell me to do with my natural human currency. And I'm going to keep praising you and I'm going to keep blessing you and I'm going to keep worshiping you through and being with all the other people that are in the body of Christ. And I'm going to make myself available so that my gift triggers their gift. Do you know what a satisfying life this is, people? This is the desire of the Heavenly Father. This is the desire of what Jesus came to die for, that we together will look like Him every time we walk together, that we speak together. That's why the Bible says where there are two or three gathered together, not just gathered together in the name of an opinion or a judgment or some words that you have to say about a dream that hasn't come to pass, but whenever two or three are gathered together in my name, representing all that I am in vital union with me, there I am in the middle of them and then anything you can ask will be done for you hallelujah praise Jesus I'll tell you something about this message that I've preached today and the way that God asked wanted me to deliver it is that if you will take this message, you will walk in a level of freedom with God that you didn't ever think possible. Because your life will be dedicated to His worship. And He will, he will just do great and mighty and wonderful things in you and through you. Hallelujah. Won't you all stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And so I'm just going to pray for a minute here. And I'm just going to speak. My Father, I want to say to you that I have delivered what you have put in my heart. I've delivered through my vessel those words that have come out of this vessel in the best way that I know how. And I thank you that you have taken my mind and you've taken my words and you've taken everything that you've given me, my energy. And I ask you to use it for your glory. I ask you to magnify yourself with these words in the hearts of the people. I ask you to magnify yourself and glorify yourself. I ask you, Father, that everybody that has heard this and everybody that watches this on any kind of digital platform, I pray, Father, that you will be glorified and that your church will rise that your church will look like Jesus, that your church will begin to act and talk and behave like Jesus. And we will be able to say great and mighty and miracles have been done because there is a church that is completely dedicated to His will and to His ways. And my Father, 
wherever I have failed in my human vessel, I ask you that you will, by your grace, you will bypass my humanity and cause the divine word, incorruptible seed, to do its work in the hearts of your people today. And that we will never be the same. Even in my own heart, we will never be the same. We will pursue you, follow you, and serve you with everything that we've got. In Jesus' name. And now I pray to you, my Father, and I ask you that you will bless your people. That no weapon formed against them will prosper. No, no, no sickness, no disease, no, prop, no poverty, no violence will come against your people. That you protect them by your word and by the blood of, the, of Jesus. I pray that you give your angels charge over them, Father as they go about their daily life and that they will keep prospering and being in well-being as they go about their journey of life. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, and I pray that they, you will become more real to them and your church will become more real to them than ever before. And if, it, you, and if, if this message is not yet fully in their hearts, I ask your Holy Spirit to keep bringing it to their remembrance so that they may fully get what you have asked me to deliver. So I bless your people now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Not with any blessing that I have in my own self, but the blessing that you have through the spirit messenger that you have caused me to be. I bless them, Father. Bless them with favor and bless them with increase and bless them with well-being in their life that they may prosper as their soul prospers in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Will you put your hand over your heart like this and just say, I am a son of God. I receive his well-being. I prosper in the name of Jesus because my soul prospers because I give it to him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, I thank you for coming to church and I thank you for giving me your time and your energy and may the currency of your energy that you sow today, may it come back to you in harvests of ideas and harvests of insights and mysteries and harvests of relationships and harvests of blessings and harvests of favor and harvests of health and harvests of relational restoration and harvests of assignment, realignment and, and, and reconstruction of things in your life that have previously fallen down. I pray that your energy currency will come back to you in great harvests in Jesus' name. Abundant fruit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Praise Jesus. Woo. I've got to be careful. I don't start preaching again. Thank you for coming to church. God bless you.